to the lost souls, the disintegrated spirits, the wanderers, the dreamers, and the seekers. Welcome to the Embodied Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Danielle McGinnis. Our work in this podcast will be to foster healing, transformation, self-expression, creativity, and the development of consciousness. So with our intentions grounded firmly, let's settle in and do some integration work. Hey friends, happy Thursday and welcome back to another episode of the Embody Podcast. If you guys are loving what you're hearing on the show, I would really appreciate it if you slid over to iTunes, dropped a five-star rating or a written review and just let me know what you are loving about the show, what you want to hear more of, what you want to hear less of, any and all feedback is welcome. That feedback gets the show organically into more ears and more souls across the world. So on today's podcast, I'm going to do something a little different. I've never really done this on the podcast before, but I think it's really important because we're in the midst of the zodiac season of cancer. And if you have any connection to astrology or any connection to the cosmos, we know that cancer often gets a bad rap for being incredibly emotional and fluctuating. But also with this energy, there is a immense creativity when we connect to the deep values that are held within the connection to our feeling states. And so on today's podcast, I'm going to offer a free lecture that I posted in my Transformation Collective community that I host alongside my best friends, Jessica DePotsy and Jennifer McMaster. So if you like the lecture that I'm going to post here on the podcast, go ahead and head down to the show notes and you'll find a link and you can join Jess, Jen, and I on July 26 at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And we will be hosting a free roundtable discussion on the Zodiac sign of cancer. And so you can come to that and you can ask all your different questions and curiosities about that. But most importantly, go in and join the Transformation Collective free community. There, Jess, Jen, and I each have posted free presentations on this cancer energy so you can get different perspectives from each of us. And so with that being said, enjoy this show, and I hope to see you guys on July 26 for the free roundtable discussion. Hi, TC members. So if I haven't interacted with you guys yet, or you haven't seen my video about the restructure, uh, my name is Danielle. Um, So what I do, I work as an archetypal embodiment coach um, using somatic trauma healing methodologies. My foundations are Well, I'm actually a doctor of physical therapy, but I stepped away from clinical practice of physical therapy. And now I have my own business where I focus on more holistic mind-body approaches. And so a lot of that work is grounded in Jungian and archetypal study. Um, If you guys are a fan of Jessica's podcast, Shadow Work Library, um, a lot of my work is based in the founder of the concept of the shadow, which is Carl Jung and Jungian psychology. And so um, with that, the way that I do lectures in the Transformation Collective, I have been doing for the past six months, is to really stick to the, the way that we can imagine 
these cosmic energies forward. And the beautiful thing about archetypal astrology is that we can stick with the images and the images and the symbols link the human to the divine, the human to the cosmic, the cosmos. And that allows us to find a deep, meaningful thread in the way that we experience the here and now, what we call life. And so this month we are going through, as Jessica stated in her lecture, we're going through the zodiac energy of cancer. And so cancer is first and foremost, um, a water sign. And what that means is that the different inner cosmic energies throughout the year have different elemental um, associations to them. And so cancer along with Scorpio and Pisces is a water sign. And that, what that means is that it's very distinct from the different fire signs and the earth signs, because the water signs are going to be more related to the emotion and the feeling state. And so what we're going to do is we're going to imagine, imagine through our watery nature and um, tap into the intelligence of the feeling nature that, that the water element can bring. And through this cancer energy of this month, cancer connects us to our early modes of experiencing feeling. And it can connect us to other ways that we respond when that is connected to those early um, instinctual feeling natures. And so there is a um, moisture of, of, the, of the cancer zodiac. And unlike Scorpio, I imagine Scorpio to be more I imagine that to be like well water. So it's really deep and intense. Whereas cancer energy, I feel like it reminds me more of, it, it brings to mind the image of um, the ocean tide where it comes in and it moves out and it's constantly in the cyclical flow of birthing, becoming, death. And that cyclical nature is going to connect to how the moon is associated to this zodiac of cancer as well. And so for the water sign of cancer, it isn't just about our feelings, but also feeling a part of something, feeling a sense of belonging within oneself. And so sometimes our feelings that are associated with this energy can be really deep and sometimes they can be floating out in the ocean away from our conscious awareness and that leaves us having trouble um, simply articulating the expression of this kind of cancer energy um, and often this 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 feeling nature is connected to early implicit memories like I said, of early feeling states. And we can talk about how the connection to early feeling states and the connection to the mother and the moon all kind of tie together in this, this zodiac of cancer. So where do we meet this in our actual literal concrete lives? Well, in the mothering that we receive or have received, not just through our literal mother, but the way we feel held and nurtured within ourselves, the way we feel held and nurtured within the world, 
because there is a centrality of the image of the mother with this zodiac of cancer. And so with this energy, we have a longing and a searching for that sense of home. Where is my home within myself, within my body, within the collective? And that feeling response is the thing that leads us to our deeply creative acts. So when life is influenced by this cancer energy, life can become very artistic if we can learn to move with the tides of the water of, of that cancer energy. And so a question popped up in the timeline on money networks about why the glyph of cancer is imaged by a crab. And so I'm not really sure um, if there are specific myths with this. I think there's a myth with Hercules and the crab and the hydra, something like that. But when I was really thinking about answering this question, what came to mind for me is that the crab can move between the watery realms and the, the earth realms. And so if we find ourselves being influenced by that crab energy where we can gracefully move in and out of that watery flow, I think that's a great embodiment of this cancerous energy, meaning we can find ourselves infused with that watery matrix, but then we can come up on land. So that watery matrix sometimes is associated with the unconscious and the feeling states of the unconscious. And then we can scuttle back onto land, which is associated with consciousness. And we can learn to integrate those, those feeling natures um, into our everyday experience. And so again, this, cancer, this zodiac sign of cancer connects us to our deeply creative energies. Um, this is because the water sign of cancer is a creative wellspring from which all life flows. And that leads me into talking about the image of the mother and the connection with the moon. And so cancer is ruled by the planet, the moon. So each zodiac sign is ruled by a specific planet or set of planets. And the best way that I learned about this astrologically is you can imagine that the zodiac sign is like a sacred temple. And so there's a, there's a, a type of energy about that temple. And that's what I'm talking about with this kind of watery feeling nature of cancer. But at the center of that temple, there's going to be a god or goddess. And that's going to be symbolized by the planet that represents that particular zodiac sign. And so for the zodiac temple of cancer, it's going to be ruled by the moon. And the moon is symbolized by the mother. And so this is where we get to connect to those creative um, wellsprings of life itself, because mother is the matrix in which all life, all creative activity happens and all creative activity ends. So that life, death, life, nature of the moon of the mother. And just for, you know, just another example of what I'm talking about with the, the temple image with the planets. So if we take the um, zodiac sign of Capricorn, um, it's going to have its specific energy around it. It's an earth sign. And so it's going to have earthy energy. And it's going to be ruled by Saturn. 
and the planet Saturn. And so that God that you find in that temple is going to be associated with Kronos. And so I'm using Greek um, mythology here, but there are so many different um, gods and goddesses and images that can connect with this moon nature. So we have this kind of mother image, but I've heard people talk about the connection with cancer and the goddess Artemis because she, her connection with the moon. So by all means, this is not like one and done. That's not how like archetypal um, influence works. I think of it kind of like a watercolor painting where things kind of blend together. It's never just black and white. And so let's go into the moon and the mother. So again, the moon symbolizes the feelings that we need in nurturance, our feelings of belonging, our feeling that we have a meaningful ground that we spring out from and can return to. And so depending on our energies and our feelings, we can see the different sides of the mother. So here we're dealing with this feminine nature of the psyche. So the face of the the mother goddess that we see is dependent on the phase that the moon is in. So we have, you know, these cycles that are inherent in lunar consciousness, in the, the moon's consciousness, because every single month we have these cycles of the new moon, a crescent moon, a full moon, and, and so on. And so there's this cycle and those images that are connected with that natural rhythm of expansion and fullness and dissolution can lead us to the images of maiden, mother, crone, um, in that fluctuating state of feminine consciousness that actually defines the circumstances and conditions under which our masculine energy can manifest. Again, the mother is that creative matrix from which all things spring out of. And so most of us, well, all of us actually, um, participate in a more patriarchal society that is ruled primarily, the ruling principle is primarily masculine. Whereas very ancient times, there was a matriarchal structure and, and the mother was the beginning, the middle and the end of all things. And we really want to imagine that fluctuating kind of dynamic movement of the mother and the moon when we are imagining this energy of cancer, because again, she's the giver of life and the taker of life. And so when we're talking about these watery flux like emotions that, that we're confronting in this cosmological energy, we can, we can ground ourselves in this kind of archetypal energy of the mother, of that fluctuating state of the mother. And again, the mother is the womb-like matrix when, that's implied with the image of the moon. So whether we're attuning to our physiological or psychological experiences, of instinctual feelings, the moon can contain all of that. It's the mother that holds. So where the moon is, um, where we're 
in relationship or out of relationship with that type of energy can represent how we feel with our primary needs of feeling held in this world, feeling held by others, a sense of belonging, a sense of security, a sense of nourishment. And it can be a fertile ground of mothering not only ourselves, but you know, mothering the world, stewarding the world, mothering literal, literal humans, um, it really doesn't matter. So when we have difficulties with this lunar consciousness, this can indicate our, our, the propensity to feel alone, to feel alienated from and a stranger to the, the physical universe, the cosmos that you reside in. And it's a feeling that one does not belong with it. And so if you're feeling that energy, it's probably this zodiac sign. There's something happening where you're walking into that sacred temple and there's a dissonance happening. So being in right relationship to that lunar consciousness signifies an individual who feels home nested within the cosmos on the planet earth. Um, and again, if you're, if you're not, you may feel justified by only what you do out in the outer world, not by who and what you are deep down inside your deep values of I am. And that feeling of I am home, I'm all right, I belong here. Those are all functions of that mother matrix of the moon. And again, those move in cycles, so they can feel really close, we can feel like we're kind of drowning in them, we can feel like they're distant, just think of that tidal nature of the water at the edge of the ocean, and that really reminds me of what it's like to navigate through this watery energy of, of cancer season. Um, again, in, in the season of cancer, there's always a need for emotional security and stability so that one can nurture those creative waters. So if you don't feel emotionally secure or emotionally stable, it's really hard to steward that relationship with the watery realm. And it's really interesting because a lot of my work, I work with dreams with individuals. And so, you know, when I'm working with lunar consciousness or feminine consciousness that can show up in dreams of individuals. So I've had dreams where particular clients of mine have been, you know, stranded out in the middle of the ocean in this tiny little rowboat and the waters are just incredibly vicious and violent. And that can tell them the relationship they have with that, that that matrix of, of water, of, of the mother, of feminine consciousness that feels um, violent in the unconscious, um, you know, that that would be different from a dream where you're kind of standing at the edge of the ocean, really taking in the energy. One's not better than the other. It's just important to be aware of maybe where you stand in relationship to this type of lunar consciousness and your dreams can give you a, a great portal into that. Um, so again, the moon can also describe our relationships, not only to our feeling nature and our instinctual nature and implicit memories, but uh, something that I study a lot is our relationship to our body. And our relationship with our personal mother sets up our first 
experience of, of mirroring and really seeing ourselves through the eyes of another. And this connection to the deep sensate experience of the body, um, can be experienced through the personal mother, but the personal mother is actually, again, it's, it's the personal mother or the primary caretaker. Let's just say that the one who mothered you, um, is the one serving as the human vessel for which the numinous powers of that archetypal mother move through. And so there is an ability there or an opportunity, let's just say that, to connect us to the creative sensate experience of body-soul resonance. But a traumatic relationship with a personal mother, whether it be conscious or unconscious, typically this is really early. I work with some prenatal trauma, um, perinatal trauma experiences where those traumatic experiences have the potential to pull an individual out of that kind of embodied sense of self. And it can kind of grip them in what's called the archetypal death mother. Marion Woodman talks about this. The death mother metaphorically turns to stone anything that resembles a life-breathing element. So what that means is that if we're in the realm of the death mother, we kind of freeze and we're dissociated and disconnected from our deep feeling nature. And so in the realm of the kind of the good side of the nurturing mother that that makes us feel like we belong, there's cultivation, there's flow, there's rhythm, there's beauty, there's love, there's art. But in the realm of the death mother, there can be imprisonment and narrow cyclical patterns of survival trauma patterns. Um, And that's often the way we adapt to the world. If that, if we experience that in our relationship to a personal mother or a primary caretaker. And so, um, to an infant or a young child, this undifferentiated energy of the mother can feel so overwhelming because those primary lunar needs of being held and feeling secure and feeling, um, safe in oneself are not met because maybe the physical mother herself was disconnected from her moon nature, but that, that infant or child can experience the archetypal feminine as incredibly anxiety provoking. This energy of cancer can feel again, like violent and, and really evoke a sense of fear and dread in the realm of feelings. And so while that womb-like state of the mother has the potential to be a nurturing matrix and a holding space for our deep potentials, this can very easily um, feel like a dangerous, um, violent drowning in the metaphorical waters of this cancer energy and early exposure to this chaos in particular can feel so unrestrained to a young child. And so in order to survive, the child learns to identify with masculine consciousness, with solar consciousness, which we'll talk about next month with Leo energy, who is ruled by the sun. Um, But this masculine side of the psyche, unlike the moon, it shines brightly in the light of day. And 
that's a shame because we need to have an ability to navigate those darker nighttime sides of our psyche. We can't just operate all in light. We need to be able to navigate the darker sides of the moon. And so, um, there's a quote by Robert Hand that I love. He says that our future has lost touch with the power of yen, feminine consciousness. Um, we strive to go out in the world and to grab it by its throat and master it. We do not understand the way of waiting and learning to fit in to become part of the whole. The only role we complete, completely respect is that of mastery of the universe, of nature, of our circumstances, and of ourselves. The moon represents the energy of an alternative path, that of a path becoming a part of belonging and creative submission to that which will learn nothing by mastering. So again, that masculine kind of solar consciousness that we'll talk about next month, not to talk about it pejoratively, but it's definitely more biased in our modern consciousness. Again, we're in a patriarchal framework in the way that we psychologically orient to the world. And so it's more connected to that steady eternal movement towards the light. Whereas the moon is connected to flux, to cycles, to change, and the wisdom that's found in the darkness. And many personal mothers who don't have the capacity to hold up that reflective mirror to their child can intentionally or unintentionally, metaphorically drown their child in this oceanic, undifferentiated energy of feeling. So these, the mother helps differentiate these cancer-like web ebbs and flows of feeling. And if that didn't happen, we can feel as if the feeling side of our psyche is incredibly dangerous. And so, um, so a key to some of this that I've found in relationship to the mother and my relationship to this archetypal mother is myths and images around sacrifice. So an act of sacrifice opens up a space for deep embodied relationship to our sacred ground of being. And we're called to be stewards of that ground in order to kind of beautify and clear make our waters clear so we can navigate them with greater ease and greater understanding. And we must understand that we must sacrifice our need to control and have eternal linearity when we're working in the realm of the moon mother. Um, I want to talk a little bit before I um, head off of here about cancer and its role in the need to support and nurture others as well. Um, I feel like people who um, are cancer individuals, so in their natal chart, the sun is in the zodiac sign of cancer. I feel like they might get a little bit of a bad rap for being like overly emotional. Um, but this energy of cancer is really... Um, because it is so creative and it's, it's springing forth out of that creative matrix, there is this impulse to give to others what we have received from the mother. But if our feminine needs were neglected or had been neglected in the past, 
one becomes caught in really infantile behaviors of kind of clinging and grasping for emotional power and possessiveness over other people. And so we're operating out of fear of loss as opposed to understanding the kind of like wavy and flux, fluctuating nature of that watery energy. I wanted to add a little quote here by Liz Green, who is an archetypal astrologist. Um, She said, feelings are the solvent, which allows the barriers to break down between oneself and life. Nothing activates anxiety in a watery moon more quickly than another person's unresponsiveness, because it is like dropping into the void. One ceases to exist. The moon and water feel safe only as if one is merged with others. So if you do not value a side of yourself, there might be an unconscious shadow side to merge with others and to take on the feelings of others while neglecting the feelings and the values that are held within oneself. Um, And again, if you do not value that side of yourself, you can easily be provoked into highly emotional behavior by anyone who rejects your feelings. And this is kind of what happens when we're out of connection with that watery nature. And as I talked about earlier, um, you know, one experience of being out of connection with this watery realm through an experience of trauma is disconnection and dissociation where we're completely separated from our feelings at all. Um, But sometimes we can feel very highly volatile in the feeling realm and we act out these very infantile behaviors unconsciously. Again, Liz Green goes on to say that the The dilemma of the watery moon is complicated because if one's response from others, if one needs a response from others, how does one nourish oneself? A blocked moon in the watery signs has a way of generating deeply manipulative behavior in order to obtain necessary care and attention. This has a sad tendency to backfire as other people usually pull away when they feel manipulated. And one has thus created the very situation that they have feared the most. Often in these situations, there is a cool or rejecting parent in the early background who the child has internalized. And this can result in a considerable resentment in adulthood in um, the withdrawal from that loved one because it brings up those old wounds. And equally, there may have been a parent who was needier than the child and whose message unconsciously was there's only room for one infant in the house and it isn't you. So the person grows up ashamed of needing too much yet remains full of anger at the deprivation of the need itself. And all that emotional dependency um, seems cloying and gummy, and no one will love us if we reveal the full extent of our feelings. Yet it's a vicious cycle because the more resentful the watery moon feels about being rejected or being ignored, the more manipulative it is likely to become and the more others will actually be driven away by the force of the covert emotional demands. It is worth asking yourself if you have a relationship to the moon in this cancer energy, whether you can value what you feel without an external stamp of approval. 
Because when, when your own needs are worked through and nurtured to a state of love, empathy, and sensitivity to the world, this is where we develop that creative response to embodying the love of, of who we are and, and rippling that, rippling that, those creative waters out into the world. And again, this belongs to that deep rhythmic nature of the psyche. And so there is this cadence of life and death. We're going to go through cycles where old parts of us that have been attached to those old patterns associated with instinctual feelings might have to die to be transformed. And while there may be this kind of regressive longing to go back to those infantile states, there's also this kind of mystical longing with this cancer energy for a deep relationship and a conscious relationship to that feeling nature. And so again, if you are more interested or if you're interested in learning more about this cancer-like energy, please come to our roundtable. It's a free roundtable discussion on the zodiac sign of cancer. We're doing that on July 26 at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And with that, I hope to see you guys there and you can bring all your questions and your curiosities because Jessica, Jen, and I all have different ways of working with these energies. Mine's a little bit more archetypal, and so it's bridging the human to the mysterious unknown out there, and so it's a little bit less personal in nature, but again, looking at astrology and zo the zodiac through an archetypal lens helps kind of see where the human sits in the, the greater whole of the cosmos. So again, if you're interested in having conversations, conversations about this, please join us at the end of the month and you can go to register an RSVP for that by going to the events tab in the main section of Mighty Networks and there you'll find the Zoom link to join. Thanks guys.